Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast. I am Meredith Bond, here with my lovely co-host. I'm Prue Warren. Today, Prue, we are, first of all, we are uh, in Kiev, or at least I am. <laughs> I know, and we are not. <laughs> Some of us we, are, are the, the royal we are in <laughs> Kiev. <laughs> I have moved to Ukraine. Like you do. As one does. As one does. <laughs> If this is Friday, it must be Ukraine. You're a global jet setter. You give us the international flair here on the Writer's Block Party podcast. (laughs) Well, I can tell you that summer in Kiev is lovely. It is about 75 degrees with a light breeze, and it's sunny and just gorgeous. I'm in Northern Virginia, and I'm not going to mention the weather. I just don't want to talk about it anymore. But Shut just up. wait, in in two months, I'm going to have my wool sweaters on <laughs> and I'm going to be shivering away. <laughs> yeah, then we'll podcast, man, then we'll talk. <laughs> exactly. What are we so, talking about this week? This week, we are talking about something that I have been working on for most all of my indie career, and in fact, most of my professional writing career. We are talking is, about... Is commas? Is it the use of commas? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've totally given up on that one. Sorry. <laughs> okay, what is today's topic? We're talking about freelancing and developing multiple streams of income. The dream of so many writers is I want to support myself as a writer. I want to quit this stupid rat race and and just be a writer. But nobody, I mean, only Nora Roberts can do that. What's the deal? What do you know that we need to know? I know that if you, Kathy Maxwell put it very, very well. She said, if you want to make a living, there are many, 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 many easier ways to do so than being an author. Authors do not make enough to live off of. It is just a sad fact of life. Right, right, right. So unless you are Nora Roberts or J.K. Rowling or Stephen King or one of the big names, it's, it is less likely to happen. I, I, I think that most of us have dreams, but most of us are also realists and realize that we better not quit the day job until the big money starts rolling in. Yeah. So there, is there something that's less than New York Times bestseller and more than I write on the weekends when my kids are at camp? Right. Absolutely. So, you know, we are professional authors. That does not mean that we are raking in the dough. It means that we write as much as we can and we are professional about it. But we still need to eat. And I do like to go out for dinner every now and then. And I do like to pay the rent. And especially my landlord appreciates that. (laughs) 
so the thing that most authors or a lot of authors do, if they do not have other full-time jobs besides being a professional writer, is to do something else like formatting, oh. editing, book coaching. Uh, if you are good at graphics or art, being a graphic designer or a cover designer. I'm writers, okay. <laughs> yeah. writers need a lot of support. And we get support from other writers because we know what we're doing and we know what other authors need. So having another stream of income helps us pay the rent or go out for dinner or hell just to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of where your strengths lie as to what you feel you can do besides just being an author. I would have told you that I would be, I'd be a great editor, man, I'd be a great editor. But the, the longer I go on being edited by people who really are great editors, the more I realize that it's not just about idea generation, that there's so much, there's so much you have to know. Like my most recent, I probably talked about it in board people. My most recent aha is that my editor, Matrice, gave me uh, a link to the 12 stages of intimacy, mm -hmm. how you walk a book through uh, interested glances to, you know, mad hot monkey sex, if that's the way you write. How do you, how do you walk someone along that path? So the fact that I'm still learning something like that tells me that I am not ready to be anybody's editor. I mean, there's just no way. It sounds you, like you're not ready to be somebody's developmental editor, but you could very easily be a copy editor. Oh, God, that's interesting. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's all about me. Nobody else can talk on this podcast but you and me. So let's get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have recently discovered that although I consider myself sort of a grammar nerd, I'm not good at grammar. I speak well. The comma is this huge open area that I either use too many of them or I don't use enough of them or I use them in the wrong place or I don't use them where they should be. I now have, I'm surrounded by a sea of comma insecurity. So I feel welcome like- Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. There you go. So you, you would you expect your copy editor to be able to say, no, your comma's in the wrong place there? Yes, absolutely. But I also personally- I think it's up for debate because who was it? I think it was Ernest Hemingway who said he puts the commas in in the morning and takes them out in the afternoon. Oh, that, <laughs> that does feel like me. That does feel constantly looking at a comma going, nope, not sure about that one. There's no way I could market myself to someone else or charge the money and say, let me help you with your commas. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think that I, I I know that you do book formatting. I know because you taught me. Thank you very much. It's been very successful. And for heaven's sakes, you're clearly an editor and you do book coaching. Yeah. But you have you have you have experience. And I teach. I started out teaching because when you say teaching, you're teaching what do you teach besides me? When I first started out, I was teaching at um, a small community college in Maryland. 
and I taught um, a, a course on, on how to write a novel, on how to write fiction. And I also taught a course on how to get published. Oh. And well, since then, I, my teaching has evolved. And now I teach a course on how to get self-published. I teach a course on how to format. I teach a course, uh, Microsoft Word for Writers. And so I teach lots of courses online through other, through um, romance writers, chapters, RWA chapters, through um, so many, there are so many websites that offer courses for writers and I offer courses through them. So you contact them and say, I, when you need a course on this, I teach it. Yes. And every now and then they contact. So, you know, all you have to do is contact them once and then they keep coming back to you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and say every now and then. That's interesting because I did that. I did a little 45 minute mini session for the Washington romance writers on um, what things cost, how much I'd been paying and how many, how many accounts I had set up and how many um, checks I had written um, that went over fairly well with the other novice authors who were, who were interested in what is it I'm supposed to expect? I've written my great novel. Now, what do I do? So that's really interesting. I really could market that. It's not long and yes. it's not very um, broad appeal, but but I see what you're saying. I see how I could potentially turn that into a second stream of income. Small, but realistic. Most um, places want a one or two week course. Mm-hmm. So at least, you know, five to 10 lectures. So Wow. A two-week course would be 10 lectures. Do you kind of makes people listen to you every night or something? Yeah. Well, you it it's not live. It's posted on like a, a bulletin board or a forum where you post a PDF of your lecture, people read it and come back with questions. Or um, you can assign homework and so they'll turn in homework and then you have to grade it or you know, read it and comment. But it's not live. Okay. So it's that's not live. That's pretty fat. Okay, that's pretty fascinating. Let's let's back up for people who are listening who are more skilled than I am, or more secure in their commas, <laughs> or more secure in their commas. <laughs> and if they are, they just don't know where they are because you don't know the comma rules. You thought you did. Um, <laughs> let's talk about how much this sort of gets into Mary. What do you charge? But how much can someone expect to make if they are successful? in their second stream of income. How much do you charge to format a book? Um, I charge at the low end. um, And actually, recently, I just raised my prices uh, because I realized I was charging too little. And Mm -hmm. I have actually had clients come back to me and say, damn it, girl, you charge way too little for what you're doing. Yeah. It's always hard when you are self when you are your own business person, it's very hard to understand your value and charge appropriately. So good for you for doing it. It is. Um, so every now and then I look and see what other people charge. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, wait, I'll open up my rate sheet. Cause I, I don't even remember because I just raised my prices. Um, <laughs> so for one ebook, I charge $50. To format. If you have two or more, then it's $40 for each one. That 
seems, and that's the raised price, because that seems like taking a big headache off of a lot of shoulders for not very much money. Well, maybe it is. Yeah, I'm a spendthrift, as we know, but that seems like a good. <laughs> so if you uh, want one novel formatted in all different formats, you know, uh, for Kindle and an EPUB and a PDF and uh, for print on demand, et cetera, then it's $250. $250 all in. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and do you your formatting mm-hmm. clients only want ebooks? No, they all want both. Almost yeah. all want um, an ebook and a print on demand version. Yep. I was talking with someone just last night who said that she could not manage all the permutations of publishing in multiple platforms. And so she just went straight ebook. And I was sort of surprised by that and wondered if anybody else, if that was something that everybody does, because, you know, publishing on 10 platforms, that's a lot. And it requires a lot of sort of stretching your brain. Okay. So approximately 250 bucks or 50 bucks if you're just doing the ebook version for formatting. Right. And roughly... Roughly how many formatting clients do you have? A, um, this, no, I'm not even going to ask that question. But the goal for multiple streams of income would have to be you need to set a goal for how much you want to make and then back into it. You can't say from now on, I'm going to do this 20 hours a week and write books 20 hours a week. Well, actually, first of all, it's cyclical. So sometimes I will have five formatting clients all saying, hey, you know, finish my book. I need my book formatted. And sometimes I will have none. And so I, it, it goes up and down. Either I'm incredibly busy or I'm, I have plenty of time to do my own writing because right. there's nobody right. asking for me to format for them. That's an issue of being self, uh, when you have your own business. It's an issue. When I'm a freelance fundraising copywriter, you can't say no to a client because you're too busy today. Because the minute you say no to a client, they'll go off and find someone else. And the next time they need some of that person, they may not come back to you. Exactly. So there is there is a cost for success too, which is worth which is worth noting. If 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 a listener is saying to themselves, I could do formatting. Just be aware that you may be really good at it and people will come and absorb more of your time than you care to give. Exactly. And, and then you'll be because in a rusted coffin. Right. I kill you. So you have to know not only what you're good at, what you can earn money at, but you have to know how much time you want to devote to it because it is time away from your writing. That's a really good, that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. So in order to establish a multiple stream of income as a freelancer, you really do need a certain amount of discipline. Yes, you absolutely do. You have to know, you have to say, you have to be able to structure your time. So my time, I have always structured it. I know when I am at my most creative. And so that is my writing time. Afternoon, Late afternoon is my writing time. So I spend my mornings formatting or co- or editing. And my afternoons are spent writing. Meredith, you're the writer for Ukraine. I've never known anyone who didn't say, what's your most creative time? 
half the world says, oh, I get up early in the morning and the house is quiet and I just get all my ideas down and it's great. The other half of the world says, I wait for everyone to go to bed and then I write. That's my time. I've never met anyone who was most effective in what I think of as the doldrums. Right? Everybody else on the planet is going, oh, I got nothing. Everybody else is worn out. And there you are spinning yarns out of gossamer. I'm very impressed. <laughs> it's good. It, it was actually, it was really perfect when I, when my kids were little, I would waste away the entire day that they were at school at two 30, when they were about to come home, that's when my creativity could kicked in and they would come home and say, Hey mom, let me tell you about my day. And it's like, no, <laughs> oh, hey. Isn't that funny? I'll bet, is a ma- I'll bet it's a factor of um, God, what the French call the spirit of the backstairs. You don't get the idea until after you can, you can use it. Right. You can't, you don't think of the perfect put down until oh, yeah. after you party. Right. Uh, so I think <laughs> probably it was the stress of having your kids about to come home that made you go, now I'm going to, now I'm going to release the floodgates. Here comes a great idea. <laughs> you remember a couple of yeah. podcasts talking with Grace Burroughs and she came up with the words hypnagogic and hypnopompic, which I'm reading off oh my, my wall because I love them. The falling asleep state and the waking up state, which are very creative. You are in the hypnomeric. Yes. You're in a, you're in a category of your own. You're, you're, you are. <laughs> Doing generous. There is only Meredith. Um, okay, so formatting is one option. Editing is formatting option. is yes. Yeah, I'm interrupting. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. Other options are um, being a personal assistant. Oh man! So if you know how marketing, to, uh, marketing is a great other option. If sure. you're good at marketing, there are. So many authors who are dying for your services. That's a brilliant idea because so much of that is simply being detail-oriented and remembering when to post things and update things. Oh, that's such a good idea. Oh, yeah. I love the personal assistant idea because I'm looking at my at my list of things that I need to do to publish three books in three months, and it goes on for a really long time and has things like upload to Kobo, upload to Kindle, upload to Barnes & Nobles. Upload to pleasure strike. I mean, it's just I could teach someone to do that, and I wouldn't have to do it. So the idea of having a personal assistant. Oh my gosh, Meredith, that's a really good idea. And you could say to yeah. that person, "You get me for five hours a week." Right. What is yeah. a personal assistant charge? Do you happen to know? I do not know, but um, I imagine that it can be anywhere like thirty to fifty dollars an hour. Oh my God! See, um, that- if it's if it's too much, though, then us poor authors, unlike you, us poor starving authors, can't afford you. And I have heard from a number of authors who will use a personal assistant in India because they charge so much less, mm. and they still speak English. So if you are in the U.S., you have to seriously consider how much you're going to charge. Because it has to be affordable for the starving author. Well, but let me ask you, this is, this is sort of going off on a tangent, but the personal, uh, the personal assistant concept does sound a little bit appealing if you can get in with a, um, an established author because you could learn a great deal, right? right? I mean, it might be worth it to charge 
rock bottom prices if you could establish a relationship with an author who would that that would benefit you as much in dollars as in education absolutely absolutely uh, i my husband had a friend who just by weird happenstance became the personal assistant of norman mailer oddly oh enough. wow and that and and this guy Dwayne, was he he actually ended up writing a book about his time with norman mailer and norman mailer's publisher by that time had gotten to know Dwayne. wow so he would say yeah let's talk because they, he had some connections and so he got his book published but that's that's sort of a you know pie in the sky none, none of the rest of us can do that but there is there there has to be some sort of value in being a personal assistant to an established author because you'd know an agent you'd know a publisher you'd know you'd come to know a lot. i think being a personal assistant is a really interesting idea absolutely and so you can make a a good amount of money or you can learn a good amount or you could well. learn a good amount of information absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. boy you've got some good ideas here and now marketing you wouldn't necessarily promote yourself as a marketing expert but you could promote yourself as a marketing facilitator someone who actually got it done while the well there's also um people who will answer your social media right these are all different things that that personal assistants will do. They will um, put together your newsletter for you. They will manage your Facebook page or your Instagram or Twitter, whatever it is that you do. They will create graphics for you. They will do that drudge marketing work, you know, signing you up for newsletters, creating Facebook ads, creating Amazon ads, creating BookBub ads. Mark- personal assistants do all of that. Or you can specialize in one field and say, I'm a marketing expert, or I'm a social media expert, or I'm a graphics designer, whatever it is. You can be a generalist or a specialist personal assistant. Yeah. That's cool. And um, my son just graduated from college and has just made, he's just said something that occurs to everybody eventually, which is, all these jobs want one to two years of experience. How am I supposed to get any experience if they won't let me have the job, right? So I love this idea of saying, I'll be your personal assistant, uh, focusing on marketing because that's what I've been doing or social media or whatever. And then over time, growing into putting together your newsletter and doing more marketing and doing more graphics, not only would you be more valuable as a personal assistant over time, but now you don't need a personal assistant as much when your authorial career takes off. Absolutely. I'm loving yeah. this one. I'm loving this one because for a beginner like me, going up to someone and saying, I can edit your book, is just hubris. I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous to think that I have anything to add to someone else's work. But I could, I could absolutely say, sure, I'll post for you on social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's good. And I think... I'm just thinking now that if I wanted to start out as a sort of a generalist social uh, uh, personal assistant, I would be glad that I was a member of the Romance Writers of America because I could do some poking around and looking for authors who maybe could benefit from a flunky. Not only that, but the RWA now has a freelance uh, listing. Aha. Uh-huh. So I list my book coaching services on the RWA list. 
freelance list. And it doesn't cost very much. Very clever. Very clever. Okay. This is some, that's some pretty good, that's some pretty good ideas. Multiple yeah. streams. Uh, unless you have other ones, I'm going to read you back your list. Okay. You have, do you have more thought? I mean, have I, have I cut, cut you off? No. Go right ahead. Okay. Then here's your list. Formatting, editing, book coaching. Once again, not something that I could ever fool anyone into believing I could do. Graphic design, teaching, being a personal assistant either as a generalist or a specialist in marketing, social media, um, newsletters, uh, and any of the other grunt work that a personal assistant, that a, that an author might need. Um, and also um, cover design. Yeah, I had graphic design in here, but you're right. There, there is specialty. Cover design is separate. Yep, it would have to be. Yep. Sure. Um, anything, you know, people who are good at Canva, like whipping off book covers i'm like oh my god i've been on camera obviously i don't have the same program you do because i can't make it do that <laughs> all these graphics things i'm like nope not for prudence no thank you <laughs> this is a lot of this is a lot of possibilities and yeah. i think especially because the world is now digital being a personal assistant does not mean going to Norman Mailer's house with the coffee he prefers, right? It's not yeah. the same. It's very unlikely that your author will say, go pick up my laundry because your author is 15 states away. You can't, you can't get there from here. Right. So it does sort of change what you would expect to do. It has to be, it has to be online. It has to be virtual, which means that you could find an author in uh, you know, Ireland, who needed your help, and you could help them. Absolutely. Um, and uh, just for fun, there is actually there are groups on Facebook where authors assistants or other people who provide author services hang out and share jobs and where you can go to find one. And I think probably um, <laughs> warn people off the bad boss. Don't take a job with Meredith Bond. She expects you to fly to Ukraine and pick up her laundry. It's a terrible <laughs> job. <laughs> I just have to say, in case you hear the sound, there's a bird on my windowsill building a nest and my cat has discovered it. So if you hear the sound of, <laughs> she's attacking through the window, it's not going to be successful. <laughs> Meredith, it's in addition to telling me all these possible ways that I could pad my income, um, you and I have been talking about what's coming up next on the podcast. Yes. We and have I, so many exciting things. So many exciting ideas. But I am very proud of the fact that next month we will be producing our 52nd podcast, our first year of podcasting. And we've decided to do a what we've learned segment. I think it's going to be, I think as we look back on all the podcasts, what are the, what are the words that we've heard? And I won't bring up hypnagogic and hypnopompic again, although I probably will, but that's really cool. And then you and I just had a great idea this morning before you hit record that we're going to try and find um, three authors, one who's traditionally published one who's hybrid and one who's independently published, self-published, and have them on over three weeks to discuss how the industry has changed, is changing, 
and whether they have any ideas for what's coming up next. And I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to talk to three different authors on these massive fields because all the beginning authors like me are confused about what's going on and what to do. And all the experienced authors are like holding onto their chairs. The world is spinning so fast. So I think it's going to be good to have an opportunity just to focus on what's going on in the world. So, And I think it'll be really interesting to have the points of view of a bunch of different people on what the state of the industry. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. You know, we should probably... I'm sorry to come up with this idea while we're live, but what about if we could get an agent or a publisher on to talk to yeah. us about it? Oh, that's a really interesting idea. I will write that down. Okay, write that down. <laughs> you write that out and make that happen because I don't know anybody. <laughs> I can't ask anybody. Next week, however, we're going to talk about, and this is a subject of great interest to me, how do you price your book? Mm. What price do you put your book at? Oh my God, I'd really like to know. Okay. Um, so we've got a lot going on in the future. We do. Uh, I've noticed some chitter chat on the discord. We've have been had a little, little, uh, discussions and support and giggles on the discord server, which any writer beginning, middle experienced, anybody can join us on the writer's block party podcast, discord server. All they have to do is what Meredith just email me. Mary at MeredithBond.com. M-E-R-R-Y, Mary at MeredithBond.com. Yes. And say Discord survey, and Mary will send you a link. And then you can come and lurk if you want and just look at what everybody else is saying. But pretty soon you're going to be drawn in because you'll have a question or a snarky comment or a bitchy complaint. And then we will love you all the more for joining in our festive party. And of course, you can always... Rate us wherever you hear are listening to this. You can write, send us comments. And what an interesting thought, Crew, which again, I'm copying you and coming up with strange ideas live. Um, when we have our What We've Learned episode, which when did you say that was going to be? It's in one month. In episode. one month, four yep. weeks. I would love to hear from our listeners. What have you learned from listening to this podcast? That's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. I would love to know. I would love that too. I would love that too. We need to ask people on the Discord server. We need to ask people to um, submit comments um, on the writersblockpartypodcast.com. And we can have people email us at mary at meridon.com or prue at pruewarren.com and tell us if something has stood out for you, if something has made a a difference in your understanding of your own industry, let us know because we would love to share that fact on our 52nd podcast. Maybe we can even offer to some lucky winner a Writer's Block Party podcast mug. Love it. I love that idea. Let's do that. Let's do that. Or a gift certificate to Redbubble where they could buy whatever block party podcast swag they want. Good plan. An excellent. Love this plan. Love this plan. I like I like the live brainstorming. But here's the here's the tricky thing because oh, there's our timer. Because between the time that we record and the time that we 
release them. We say there's a month, but there's really only two weeks. You're right. You'll only have two weeks to take advantage of this exciting offer. Um, (laughs) So email us now or comment now or join the Discord server because by the time you hear this, there will only be two weeks before we record our, our What We've Learned segment. So don't sit around for a month. Do it now. Do it now. Order tonight before midnight so you don't forget. But wait, there's more. <laughs> more. You could win a gift certificate to Writer's Block Party swag. It's good looking, too. <laughs> Meredith, you're a total goof. I can't believe you're in Ukraine. You're so far away. How are you ever going to have lunch again? <laughs> It'll be dinner for me. Lunch for you. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's go chat this up on the Discord server and uh, see if we can't promote this. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you, Meredith. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Prue. Bye. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week.